Welcome to the Indie Author Max podcast. Join me and my friends as I journey from amateur writer to published author. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the bullwhip crack like this. Let's begin now. Hello and welcome to the June 2022 episode of the podcast. Today I'll be talking to my good friend Troy Beggs from Little Beggar Productions. Now Troy is an avid movie watcher and he is also a teacher of media studies at Phoenix College. And today we'll be discussing the topic of what should be in a sequel. Uh, So if you're into books or if you're into movies as well, uh, it's a bit of a fun one to listen to about our ideas about what should be in um, a sequel, so a follow-up from from the first book or the first movie. But first, my personal update. So uh, I had talked earlier in the podcast about looking into TikTok for authors. So far, um, as of the 21st of June 2022, I have over 1,500 followers on TikTok And one of my videos uh, advertising Cinder and Black, my book, has about 11,000 views. But I actually can't attribute any sales of the book to all the work I've done on on TikTok. Um, I have met some nice people. I've found some new books that I'd like to read. Um, I've made some contacts and I've probably found some new authors that I could have on this show at some stage. But... Yeah, uh, as far as sales go, uh, I I would say that that has been not very successful. Um, That being said, I I did go back to trying some things on on Facebook and immediately had two or three sales that I think I could attribute to spending a bit of time on Facebook. So at the moment, I'm thinking TikTok's not the go for me. Um, I will stay on there, but I won't be spending a lot of energy or time, I don't think. I'm not saying that any authors aren't having success on there. I think if you are writing smutty romances and that your books are on KU, uh, Kindle Unlimited that is, then I think you do quite well. Um, people seem to be, uh, if they're in that genre or, or have books on KU, seem to be doing quite well. Uh, but for me, it didn't really work out how I had hoped. Um, also, I wanted to let people know where they can get hold of my book. Some people have been asking where they can get Cinder and Black. So, if you're after the ebook, uh, lots of places you can track down the ebook. So, on Amazon, Apple Books, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, uh, Tolino, Overdrive, Baker and Taylor, uh, Vivlio, Biblioteca, and Borrow Box. Um, the print book. At the moment, you can get that from Amazon. Um, if you're in Australia, there is an independent book company called Black Veil Books. They have copies of my book as well in paperback. Or if you live close by, if you live near central Victoria in Australia, um, you can go to Collins Books in the Bridge Mall in Ballarat. Or also in Ballarat, you can go to Everybody Knows Books. Um, or you could come see me at markets um just have a look at my facebook page and i'll usually let you know where i'm doing some markets um if you are a a bookstore if you are someone selling books you can also order my book through 
Ingram Spark. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll be aware that I'm working on the second book of my Anchor and Moon series, uh, which is called Hearts and Diamonds. Um, at the moment, I'm getting back some feedback from my ARC readers. So I've sent out my advanced reader copies, and some of those are starting to give some good responses, get some good information. So I'll I'll use though that feedback and um, do some rewrites, do some edits of myself, add some things in, take some things out, um, and hopefully I, that will be ready for me to send off to my editor next month. Um, I'm not sure if I've said this before, but um, I'm trying to get the second book out in a year. So I'm trying to publish and release it by October this year. Uh, the first book, Cinder and Black, took over six years, um, and that was only about 65,000 words, whereas this second book is going to be about 85,000 words. So a bigger book in a much shorter time. Um, I'm pushing myself a bit, but it's it's been an interesting challenge. I'm also hoping to do a, uh, a cover release uh, in the next few weeks. My amazing cover designer, Paul Maher, is working on the cover at the moment. Uh, it looks good so far. There's a, there's a couple of things I might like to tweak in the next couple of weeks, but keep an eye out on social media for yeah, cover reveals. I think the cover's looking really good and hopefully people will like it as well. Um, I guess that's enough for, for me for the moment. Just remember if you want to be asking any questions or whether you would like to appear on the podcast, um, you can contact me at maxvictorbooks at gmail.com and remember it's max with two x's now it's time for the interview today i'm talking to troy beggs who is the head cinematographer of little beggar productions um, he's also an educator of film and media studies and a avid film watcher so welcome troy uh, thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, so what we're talking about today is uh, sequels. So we're talking a, bit, a little bit about what should be in a sequel, what's bad to be in a sequel, um, and so on. But what I'd like to do is, could you just give me um, <clears throat> a little bit of an explanation about what's your favourite sequel and, and why? Look, I, I honestly think that my favourite sequel is part of a trilogy. It's... Um, Lord of the Rings, the uh, the Twin Towers, that moment where Gandalf, um, you know, the gets the the riders of Rohan top of the hill, the yep. right, um, and it's that perfect balance of um, exposition to set up the uh, the third film, but yep. more so, it's just like a beautiful moment in terms of cinematography. Um, yeah, th- th- there's actually a really cool um, fact about that. Like, so it was one of the first times that uh, the uh, the editors had used um, uh, the computer systems to like have the the, the orcs um, utilizing artificial intelligence, uh-huh, and, yeah. and as the the tide of that fight um, went against them, um, a lot of the orcs were running away and they weren't meant to. So like they had to uh, like reconfigure it. So that's really cool. But I just I just love that film. Oh, okay. So the the actual AI made some of the orcs run away from the battle is that what you say yeah so in that yeah. first 
where like Gandalf holds up his staff and like the light yeah. beams down. Um, all of a sudden, um, like a lot of the orcs just start to just basically bolt out the back. <laughs> okay. And they were most definitely not meant to. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Like, yeah, so, so it, it sort of fought for itself and went, we're going to make them run away. Yeah. yeah like yeah. A, a survival instinct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I guess what, what I want to talk about first is let, let's talk about some of the, the good ones and some of what, uh, what you think are some of the good sequels. And, and we'll talk a little bit about why. So, what, what do you think? Is, is a good sequel? What's some examples of a good sequel? All right, look, um, this might not be a popular opinion, but um, so I'm talking back in the mid-2000s, Spider-Man, Toby yep. Maguire. Um, that second film started beautifully. Like, you know, you establish him as like this underdog, like he's already saved the city once. He's swinging through the town. Um, he's delivering pizzas and um, and... But, you know, so he, again, the underdog. And yeah. as it progresses, um, there's this one scene, um, it's about three quarters of the way through where he stops the, uh, the the train from falling off of the edge of a precipice. And, yeah. um, and you can see the agony on his face. And it's brilliant acting by Toby, Toby Maguire. Um, and the town just rallies around him and, like, you know, they, like, they, see yeah. they say, he's just a kid. Yeah, yeah, he exposes his face, doesn't it? But they all yeah, gather around him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what the third movie was trash. Um, but like <laughs> yeah. that, that that's one of those examples where because like it, it's historically um noted that like the second like you know, like like, like the, the the second iteration of a film or a book or um or a TV show, like the second season or whatever, like, you know, you look at Radiohead, you look at like anyone. Yeah. Um the the second time around there's that pressure but like i think um spider-man was um was one fantastic example of where you can build a character um and it kind of diverged from that sort of shakespearean three acts structure like where like you know the, yep. the second one wasn't just there to build okay yeah yeah so <clears throat> it was a great sequel on its own but it wasn't really didn't really do anything to build to the third one. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, no, that, that's right. So it was basically, it was, it would be because different directors as well in one, two and three. Yeah. Um, and if you look at, um, if anyone who's listening to this has seen all of the uh, original X-Men movies, um, one and two were written independently um, to three and yep. three, um, like there was a lot of, there, there was a huge issue in terms of the budgeting and in terms of the structure of the story. Um, and again, this might be a bit of a reach, but if you can picture um, in X Men Three the scene where the uh, uh, what's the big bridge, the big red one, the um, Golden is it Golden Gate Bridge? Is that what yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge gets <laughs> moved across by Magneto. Yep. That, that was meant to be in Act Two. Yep. And um, they fired the director and um, they just put that early. So basically they were that panicked that their follow-up story wouldn't be um, like as engaging to the audience. Um, so they just chucked it at the end there and tried to make it this big crescendo or something. Like it was um, yeah, a terrible move um, because people do, they, they want to see things 
build and build and build. Like John yeah. Wick builds yeah. and builds and builds. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> we'll come back to the so the Shakespearean, so we're saying three acts. So um, it, it, I guess what we're saying is it is important for that that second act to be leading into the third act. So um, can you, yeah, sort of have it, shed some light on that a, a bit? Yeah, so um, within um, Shakespearean, like, you know, like uh, the, whether it be comedy or whether it be um, like drama, basically yep. the first act is to establish. That's film one. So you say it's like like or Harry Potter or whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, the second film is usually poorly received because it's just, it, it's almost like throwing up a tennis ball for Roger Federer to serve. <laughs> yeah. And um, and the third one is meant to to bring it home. So the the, the second act, the, the second film, essentially um, should be about exposition. So you're trying to show people what's going to happen. Um, but quite often, um, so within Hollywood circles, what they do is they cut the budget because they've already made money from the first film. Yeah. And then uh, the second film. Um, they just bank on like, you know, all right, well, like we made, you know, like you know, $300 million from the first film and then they might go all out in the last film or they might cut it. So you've got um, films like um, uh, Home Alone, Home Alone, right? Yes. That Home Alone is another one that I wanted to talk about. Like, you know, Home Alone 1 was great. Yep. And the death count in that is absolutely brutal like those um the 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 wet bandits should have died significantly (laughs) yes yeah um yeah and the second one was heartfelt and it was great and the third home alone had no heart so is one that kind of like shirked that because the second one was good because they you know like pulled upon that uh that christmas theme which was fantastic and macaulay calcum was you know uh slightly cuter than he is now um yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah um so what, what you do is you build upon a story if you if you want a trilogy your second one needs to be passive um if you like like, like almost like just to build upon um think about it like series like uh matt have you seen breaking bad um <clears throat> i've seen only the only the first bit of it really so i haven't watched the series no no all right well what what about um dexter yes dexter yep okay so yep so so dexter the first three episodes are intense that's episode one yep next three episodes are somewhat boring as it sets up like again it's like roger federer throwing the ball in the air waiting um to serve and then um the last two episodes are going to make your arm hairs stand on end if you've got arm hairs. Yeah. Um, and and that, that that's what um, a lot of these things are. But but see, the problem is, if you've got something that can can, can I can I just mention one film? Um, it's yeah. the the mask. Yeah. Okay, so the mask. You got a charismatic Jim Carrey. You've got um, like an attractive. Um, uh, can't remember who the actress is. Um, it's a fantastic film. Yeah. So they had one good film. 
Yeah, yeah. They never, they never. I think it was Cameron Diaz actually. Cameron Diaz, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and um, so they they had one good film. They should have left it at one good film. Yeah, there's no need for a sequel. No, but if you plan it as a trilogy, so like they had the Son of the Mask, and it was yeah. absolute pus. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. you know, no one um, knows what that who that is or what that is or remembers that and cares, do they? Yep. And, and then there's um, Dumb and Dumber again, same actor. Yeah. Uh, so there was Dumb and Dumber, and then what, what, what do they call it? Dumber Dumb, and, and Dumber and something, yeah, Dumber and Dumber. Yeah, like, like they're, they're um, irrelevant. And then you've got like these beautiful films like um, Caddyshack. Like, like Caddyshack is a great film, there is no need for a sequel. No, no. 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 So, uh, no. Unless you're planning in advance to uh, make a third, fourth, fifth, or sixth film, and yep. all, then there is no need for a sequel. Like you yeah. just, just you just walk away and you go, "All right, I've done my thing." Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I guess, I guess, what I'm sort of trying to get my head around is, um, you know, in a in a book here, I you know, I'm writing, I'm writing sequel to the first one now and i definitely am thinking there'll be a third one um so that's good news to hear that you know i should be i should be setting up um you know something for the third one in the second book um i i always i always sort of my brain always goes to star wars because any anything always relates back to star wars for me so you know like i know a lot of people say you know the second film so i'm talking about the original trilogies none of this you know extra that's going on now but you know those original trilogies a lot of people say that second movie you know empire strikes back was the best of them but um it yeah it, it definitely was there to sort of set up for for the third movie you know that the the first one could have been a standalone there was a happy ending there was some characters there was some things blew up and it was all happy at the end but um i guess yeah the 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 second one wasn't a happy ending and i i i guess that's my next question do you think there should be uh, some, well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about there should be moving into that third act. Should there be some tragedy, some tension? Should it be a happy ending, the second second movie or second book? Yeah, so so just, just from what I know about it, like um, I, I, I honestly think there needs to be um, a, a secondary external, like, menace. Yep. Um, so, for example, like you, you, because you know, like um, we've got Cinder and Angus, right? Like, like yeah. uh, within your film, uh, within within your book, um, yeah. uh, they have a relatively positive ending towards um, like the uh, the end of your, your yeah. first book. Yeah. Um, as they progress on, um, so I honestly think that um, Lavelle, like she, yeah. she cannot be the arch villain she's not evil enough yes there needs to be an external force like yeah. whether it be like um well, they did it in twilight reasonably well where you know like this italian force of like you know like vampires or some such thing yes yeah um, you need to have something external coming in um yeah. so um your characters need to have a win three quarters of the way through your second book yep at the end, it needs to look like there's danger looming, and that that that's the way to um, like, like Lord of the Rings did it really well. Like um, 
so like you know like um the the the, the hobbits all reunite everyone's happy they're at yep. uh, like uh helm's deep and then um gandalf saves the day and then at the end of it you think ah oh, they're absolutely shagged in the next film <laughs> yeah yeah yep. so it needs to be ominous at yep. the end, and that's the way to make people want to know what happens next um I think you've established the relationships well between um, Angus and Cinder. Um, yep. I think you could bring Moraine back in a little bit. Um, yeah. And um, you could even try and like have Moraine and Dom as like a secondary thing, like almost like um, how you've got Hermione and Ron. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, that's just, that, that's me. Uh, Steph thinks that's terrible. Um, <laughs> but Lavelle has to become pitiful. Yeah. And I, I would even have her pivot into a helpful role. Yep. And then um, pivot into a truly evil role and she has to die. She has to die. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to give away anything if there's people listening, but you know, it, it all sounds like I'm ticking boxes. I think I don't, I don't know about the dying. We'll, we'll think or, about that. Or, or at least, you know, like, um, like or at least becomes, yes, becomes nullified in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. she, yeah. She... Look, I, I just listening to you. Then I was I was thinking about you know books. You know, go back to Star Wars as well. But books that I sort of really like as well. Like uh, I was thinking about the Harry Potter. You know, like you're saying, um, you know, the, the the real evil coming through. You're like, you know, in the first book, we know about Voldemort, and in the end, you kind of you kind of meet him, but it's not really him. You mm. know, but but Snape's kind of the villain for that first book, but then Voldemort sort of appears. Um, Star Wars, you know, Darth Vader's yeah. the villain. We don't any, know anything about the Emperor, but we find out in the second act that, no, he's actually just, well, we find out he's, he's his dad, so he's, we know he's not going to hurt Luke in the end, but, you know, there's yeah. the Emperor's the real evil. Um, and I was thinking about the Hunger Games too, you know, like... Um, yeah, like I, I know what you mean, because it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> The Rose dude, like you think, yeah, yes, yeah, so President Snow. Uh, what's her name? Like the, the 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 bird who gets shot with the arrow at the end. Like, she, oh, yeah, she, she's actually like the villain all the way along. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. Like, so you just you need someone more insidious, and and yeah. you you kind of establish that. So right now, what you have is um, Lavelle as um, as an arch villain, but Really, and I, I use this term liberally. She's she's weak compared to um, the actual evil within the world of the universe that you're trying to create. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, there. Yeah, so there needs to. So we're saying there needs to be for a sequel. First of all, we need to have the, the third act, and we need to maybe have a a greater villain or a greater problem to to overcome than what was the one in the first first act yeah no i yeah. I, I, de I definitely think there needs to be a dark villain there needs to yeah. be someone um because you can have a problem like as in like the villain gets more powerful or um like you know like the, the situation changes or you know like there's global warming or whatever but um but like what would be better would be to have um uh did, 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 what film am I thinking of? Um, so, so 
right now, Laville is uh, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Whereas um, this end villain that you're going to establish has to be um, uh, Voldemort. Has to be Voldemort, yeah. And and that's what the second act, like, so the second film from Harry Potter um, was terrible because it was meant to establish Voldemort. Yeah, we'd already sort of seen him, probably sort of gave it away in the first book a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's why the second book was um, largely disregarded in terms of yeah but um so um that's why i think uh i don't know like what how how do you see the next act going like you don't yeah yeah Yeah, i i think i think um i definitely think they need to you need to meet that that villain you know you know know what i'm saying i mean there needs to be a definite you know um I, i guess thinking back to the Harry Potter, yes, we he, we saw Voldemort, but it wasn't really him. It was you know this weird face on the back of somebody else, and he had no power. But we met him, he, and they almost became friendly. It was almost this friendly relationship with, you know, he met Tom Riddle, um, and I guess it's the same sort of thing in um, in Star Wars again. Yes, yeah, so we we didn't really meet the real evil till the second one, um, and. Um, yeah, I, I think there does need to be some sort of meeting of that 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 villain. I, I, I get what you're saying there, yeah, and they need to be bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Are you does it, Oh, so I guess my third thing I wanted to think about for a, for a sequel is is happy endings, and we touched on it a little bit. Um, and you were saying about three quarters of the way through. So there needs to be something that, I guess, keeps the reader, keeps the viewer happy that, you know, these people have been okay, something's moved on, but then there needs to be something after that. So I think I think it's important not to have a happy ending mm. to that second one. Is that Would you agree? 100%. Um, so yep. uh, have, have, have you seen um, Stranger Things? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you know how, like, um, at the towards the end of the first season, they have a happy ending, everything's happy, but then they always have something ominous. Yeah, yeah. In the second one, they do the same thing. Everyone's happy and everyone's safe, and it, but then there's something ominous, like there's the thing like like lurking over the school. Um, like yeah. you need to, um, so you need a win in the second last scene. Or the or the third last scene, or the third last like like when I say scene, I just mean like you know like chapter or book or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like everyone's winning, and you know, like you know, like you know, Cinder sat down next to Angus, and they were enjoying a delightful cup of tea, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. The house started rattling, and Angus whips his head to the side and says, "Oh no." I knew this was coming or something yeah. like, 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 like yeah, you want the end of it to be like incredibly uncomfortable and, and not to a George R. R. Martin way <laughs> as in like, like you all, know, all your main characters die. Yeah. <laughs> the book starts with a puddle of blood. Um, yeah. But no, um, but, but you want to have a win right before a very severe and scary loss in your sequel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I, it needs to be like jarringly uncomfortable. Um, 
because like you're writing a book that uh, I know this isn't just about you, but you're writing a book that is going to be accessible to teenagers, adults and um, young adults. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, you, you actually want people to feel uncomfortable at the end and just go, Oh my God, I need to know what happens. That's yeah. what it needs to be. It needs to start off positive and then get difficult and then get positive and then crush you. And okay. then, and then the third book, um, well, the third like you know chapter of a story, um, starts off in some sort of desolate landscape, you know, like you know, like you 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 you're not expecting everything to be sunshine and rainbows. So you yeah. have to, this is the third iteration of the story needs to build up and up and up, and then go down and up and up and down and up and up and down and and then like right last minute. And unless you are a sadistic bugger like George R. R. Martin, <laughs> yeah, you you want the person like the the protagonist to win, yes, yeah. Um, and after that, like like you just need to make it seem so unpredictable that they will win, um, even though you know that they're going to. So it's like M. Night Shyamalan or whatever his name is. Um, yeah, that that's what you want. So yeah. you're a sequel needs to start grim, uh, 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 start positive and end grim, but yeah. you you want a lot of positivity. Think of like a roller coaster with just one big peak, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse, and then you think it's going to stop, and then it gets worse. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, just as you you were talking about that, I I, I was thinking, uh, going through my head was was the the marvel cinematic universe and i'm like i know that that's probably about a billion films now but you know that that i was just thinking the collecting all of those uh what are they called the uh infinity stones or whatever they are you know so it's all this building up to they finally got them and all that sort of thing and then it was yeah the, the sort of the the there was half the world or half the universe or something died didn't it? it was this big thing and then um the the one after that was cleaning up all that mess so yeah that that that's sort of what was going through my head then of of things and and then i was i was thinking about to um yeah so star wars like i said it always comes back to star wars for me so you know the second film yes Luke gets away from Darth Vader, but he loses a hand, and yeah. Han Solo gets trapped in carbonite, and it's all goes all pretty horrible at the end of that. It's, it's not a nice ending. It's all sort of a bit sad at the end. Um, the Hunger Games I was talking about before, yeah. So, um, so Katniss gets out of the second Hunger Games, but she's pretty much nearly dead from it and Peter's missing and a uh, district 12 is destroyed and all sorts of things. So yeah. So they, these things that sort of stick in my mind as being these, these good middle acts. Yeah. Definitely do end it with that, that horrible sort of ending or there, but there is a little bit of a, a hope <laughs> of something happening. It's not, not the end of the world, but it's not, not a nice place to be in the world. Yeah, no, well, well, that's it, and and that's what that's it, it's almost like the human condition, wherein, um, like you know, you you want your hero to have a win, so there could have just been a Toy Story one, yeah, um, and then Toy Story two started really positively, and ended uh, and ended with like you know like a slightly not 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 negative per se, but like you know like a, a kind of rectified it, 
And then Toy Story 3, um, they had to go like full emotional because they actually ended Toy Story 2 in a really unconventional way. Um, yeah. where, wherein, wherein they like actually gave you that cathartic moment at the end and like you know we were like yay that's fine my kids are happy and i can go home and also i've got a tear um <laughs> so and toy story 4 was almost um non-essential but like they made a shot load of money off it but um it depends if you're planning as um, a, a trilogy then you need to have positive negative negative positive like it needs to like yep. you know like almost undulate across the across the board um so for example with yours like with do you mind if i talk about your book yeah no that's fine <clears throat> yep so with your book it starts off um fairly grim and, and there's a lot of exposition and as yep. we establish the characters and as we see how lavelle is you know like, like and you, you learn about the characters backstories right yep. um, uh you get this sort of feeling of hope and then it gets quite grim and yep. and towards the end um it gets more positive then it dips down to grim again and then it ends positively so yep. you've got this lovely little wave going through there so your next one um if if, if you don't mind my yeah. um it, it should start positively and um and positive po- positively and then just dip down that that that's the the standard uh Hollywood, um, Shakespearean like vibe, basically. So it should um, get really, really grim towards the end. Then you give us a glimmer of hope in the second last chapter, and then bang, someone dies. Yeah. Like or or bang, you know, like you know, like you know, someone's been um, captured, and how will we save them in the next one? So then Act Three which is the third book um, has to start in a negative light. Um, think the start of Mad Max Fury Road, for example, and then um, and build up and up and up gradually. And then at the second last moment, you need to make us think that someone's going to die, whether it be um, Angus, Dom, or, you know, like, well, yep. yeah. Yep. And it might be that Louvelle then like goes through and um, sacrifices herself to save Cinder just because we weren't expecting it. Yeah, and that would be Act Three. But see, that's what people do. Like in um when when they're when they're writing stories, you play upon human expectations. So for example, like I don't think that your story and um is is going to end happily for every single one of your like you know six main characters yeah i i I, that's just my anticipation yeah in in the in the same way that um like lord of the rings like like in in lord of the rings someone should have died um yes (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean it would have been far more powerful if uh what are they mary and pippin had have been not just taken by the orcs they had just been had their heads cut off or something you know like like they didn't really have a part to play later in the story. No, yeah. we, exactly. Like you know, like um, uh, Tolkien just had them like walking through the um, through the forest with the Ents for you know, <laughs> like like half a book. Yeah, um, uh, and I mean, and I guess I guess Gandalf died, sort of. Yeah, yeah to but... be re- to be reincarnated. So there was like that sort of like biblical reference there. Yeah. But, but but that, that that's what um uh 
you know, like the the, the, the second um, act is about. It's about like you know developing those characters and giving them a chance to um, I don't know reform themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, if if I were you, that just again looking at my notes from um from I, I reread your book last night. I'd have Lavelle um turn heel and like yeah. like come come good. Yeah. And then turn crap at the start of. <laughs> Yeah, it's a technical term at yep. the start of book three, and then redeem herself towards the end, because I like to see a character like you know just flip flop, flip flop, um, because you know that they're just a victim of their um, upbringing or they're a victim of their circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, t- tell, tell me, what, what what's your um, least favorite uh, sequel? Yeah, that's what I've been trying to think about that too. And I, I think, um, <clears throat> I think you. What were some of the ones that you mentioned that weren't great? <laughs> the mask or meet the parents or the mask. Yeah. <laughs> like I can hardly even hardly even remember it. And you know, um, I, I yeah, I I feel like once I. Like, it's harder to remember the the bad ones because you go, oh, I just I just didn't need to watch that. I just didn't need to go in my in my brain. Um, mm. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I sort of. I should have thought about that myself. I didn't think about a, a worse one myself. What 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 are some of yours? <clears throat> the worst ones. Um, the second Caddyshack should not have been made. Um, Caddyshack. Yep. Um, any Police Academy after Police Academy three. <laughs> I was going to say Police Academy. I, I guess I, 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 I kind of really enjoyed them as a kid, but then it just was like, "Hang on, what? What is this? We're up to Police Academy twenty-seven, and yeah, you know, um, any of the ones that lost? What was his Mahoney? Was sort of he's the main yeah. character, wasn't he? I think he was only in the first two or something. Yeah, and then then it didn't need to be any more after that, did there? Yeah, and and see, even like um, like see, like you've got like uh, these, um. I, I think Hollywood just wanted a lot of money. Um, yeah. So they had these actors like Will Ferrell and Ben Stiller and um, uh, Will yeah. Arnett. So like, you had like, you know, like you had your meet the parents, you had, uh, um, uh, you know, just, just any any film that they could just make a buck off. Um, yeah, or was it the the Fockers or something? Yeah, meet meet the parents, meet the Fockers. Like 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 meet the Fockers was okay, but then they went a third one and it was just horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just start piling on more, and like like we talked about, if if the second one isn't setting up a third one, then what's what's the point of a a third one other than just they go, well, let's let's squeeze the last little bit of money out of this franchise as we can, you know. <laughs> I, I even feel sorry for Eddie Murphy because, like, you know, like, uh, I know that he, he played a really kitschy sort of role and Adam Sandler's the same. Like, you know, like you can have one funny movie and you can kind yep. of trapped within, you know, like a sort of a niche market, like, you know, like, um, uh, you know, The Nutty Professor yep. was kind of funny. Um, yep. The Nutty Professor 2 was a film that I will never watch again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, oh, uh, I, I, th- I thought of one. I thought of one. Um, Die Hard. Like, oh, I yeah. loved the first Die Hard. The second one was 
trash, and the third one was amazing. No, the third one like, was amazing. Like, like yeah, the, but then wasn't there another one again recently? Like, didn't they? The fourth and the fifth, and I don't give a crap about those ones. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, you're right. The second one was like, uh, yeah. but then yeah, then the third one kind of redeemed itself. But yeah. they could have just had, well, one probably, and then they could have <laughs> the third one, I guess. Oh, that, that, that was when Samuel L. Jackson was sort of coming back into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that, I mean, it could have been its own film. I guess they just wanted to use a character, but that one could have been its own, you know, a film on its own. It didn't really have to be the same character. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anytime I watch that, because it's got Jeremy Irons in it. Um, oh, no, no. Uh, I've got my references wrong. But yeah. It does have Jeremy Irons in it, and, and it's just phenomenal in it. Um, and uh, like yeah, it, 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 the third Die Hard is the best film ever, and like and and like, the, the, not the best film ever, the best Die Hard film ever. Yeah. And anyone listening to this is is probably going to send me death threats, um, because the first one's great, but I just love Die Hard with a vengeance. Um, it's just a great, great film. Now, do you? This is this is going off off completely, but have you heard about that? The first Die Hard movie was actually a sequel to a film that was made in like the sixties or seventies. Have you heard about that? No, not at all. So the, so the character John McClane was actually first played by um, oh, I lost, lost his name though. The Godfather, um, Marlon Brando. Yeah. Okay. So Marlon Brando played John McClane. New York police officer in some movie back back in the day and so when they were making Die Hard they had to give him first preference of playing that character again but he was you know 70 or 80 or something at the time so it was ridiculous but yeah it was actually that that second one was actually a a, a sequel to some strange film that I don't even know the name of. <laughs> I, 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 I just googled this while you were talking also, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester St- Stallone um, turned down that role as well. So, wow, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think they would have suited it really. It didn't need to be. It would have been silly. A big, muscly guy. I reckon it was nice that it was someone that looked a bit more, you know, <laughs> yeah, a bit more dad bod. You know, like a bit more yeah. like a real New York police officer that was just doing it hard like I, that's the that's what's good about it he's just this normal guy that's just like and he doesn't come through it unscathed he's he's fallen apart by the end of it and you know it was one of the first movies like that, that i saw that actually the guy was all covered in blood and limping and everything i you know that <laughs> i liked that it was like that yeah no I, I like that too and i think that's what like a what a hero should um sort of encompass they they need to they need to get hurt they need to <laughs> yes. prove that they're human even if they're not like you know like no yeah. one the like like as much as i like I, I love the marvel universe but like the thing i love about tony stark is a he died and yeah. and oh, okay but b he was flawed in terms of like you know drinking and hubris and all that sort of stuff um and c um the fact that he got hurt frequently yeah. like you don't want to just see like um superman or wonder woman or whoever just like just like waltz through um this big battle and just like deflect bullets as if they know where they're going to come um yeah and, yeah and so I, I actually think that um a, a second film is a good uh time a second story 
um, is yeah. a good time to show that vulnerability for someone. Yeah. And again, yeah. like going back to what we said before, Toby Maguire stopping that train, like he's just a kid being ripped yeah. apart. Like, you know, his shoulders would be almost dislocating. Like, you know, he's just trying to hold himself together, just trying to save lives. He doesn't care about who knows who he is. Um, and by the end of that film, everyone in New York hates him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, if you look at Die Hard 2, it doesn't really sort of bring that together. If you look at Harry Potter 2, um, yeah, towards the end, um, again, like, you know, like people are starting, you know, that with Harry Potter, it's more so in like um, the fourth book. Yeah. yeah. Basically, everyone hates him. You need to make your character hated by either society or by someone else. Yeah. Um, and maybe even by the, the, the reader themselves. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'll write this down. Make <laughs> um, everybody hate I'm, my characters. Yeah, no, no. Like you, you need to you need to see the flaws in your character. Like at, at some point you either need to think either they're going to die or that they should die, or that, like, um, they've done something wrong. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Just to make them relatable, because no one likes the perfect um, sort of sigil of heroicism. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I think talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe again, like, um, my least favourite is Captain Marvel. Like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. He's just like, she's just going to do anything. And it's like, well... That's not relatable or, you know, like it's kind of a stupid character. She just flies through ships and blows them up and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and if, whereas, if she can do everything, then do everything. Just, just Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why just do it? Whereas whereas Thor, I love Thor's character in that, like, he probably is really strong and powerful and stuff, but he, he gets stuff wrong and he makes mistakes and he's a bit arrogant and this sort of thing and he... Gets you know he gets gets fat in the last film and yeah yeah, that, yeah. and and uh, and I also think that um like the the best director or the best two directors within the Marvel universe are Taika Waititi yeah, um, yeah. and I wait to see that new Thor film but also um who's the dude who plays uh like Tony's bodyguard yeah yeah um and he he did a lot of the the Mandalorian stuff as well didn't he yeah. I can't remember his name. I'm googling now. Don't worry. Googling now. Yep. Um, and while while you're googling, I guess we'll, we'll we'll spin it around now. We've talked about what are um what makes a good sequel or a good second act. Um, I guess we want to start thinking about John also Trevor. what. Just just sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I should have remembered. My kids love him. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah, they're probably my two favourite. Actors around. I'm mean, not actors. Well, they are actors, but directors as well at the moment. So, yeah. So, sorry. I sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's okay. So, what what do you think makes a bad sequel or a bad second act? It's when you try to like reclaim the um, the glory of the first act. Like, yep. it needs to move on. Yes. Um, and you need to have an idea of what's going to happen next. So if you're going to do like um, like like two films or two books, you need to have first book and second book, and they need to be completely separate stories with vague references to the first book or film. Yeah. Um, and if you try and like capture the same moments, it just looks like like it's like when 
like Radiohead's first two albums, right? Yeah. Um, like every single Radiohead album sounds different to the one before because they hated their last album. So like they went from uh, uh, the Benz was their sec- second album, and the third one was OK Computer. No, no, it was um, yeah, it was. Yeah. After that, it was um, yeah. But basically, they just they just go that stuff it. Um, we are Radiohead. This is the world that we live in, and um, this is the world that we've created. And you either like it or you don't. And it's the same as with um, like Taika Waititi and Thor. Like he had a look at um, the previous Thor films. The first yep. one, just money for the Marvel universe and for all that sort of stuff. The second one was yeah. Um, and then the third one, Taika Waititi just went. Now, Stafford, we know who Thor is. Let's have a bit of fun with this. We know that we've got, like, Tom um, Middleton or, um, and, and we've got, like, uh, Hemsworth. We've got yeah, yeah. all of Let's take the world and let's just have a bit of fun with it and take the piss out of ourselves. Yeah, and, but how much, how much better was that film, the third oh, one? Then? It was amazing. <laughs> like, and, and, and I just remember in the first couple of minutes as Thor is, like, spinning around as he's, like, you know, like, tied up. And just thinking, like, <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. And just thinking, all right, I know that's Thor. I know he's powerful. I know that that's a villain. He's powerful. I know that Thor will fight the villain. Okay, the world is reestablished. But then it doesn't need to be the same story. No, no. It's almost like a changing of genre. Yeah. Um, and I think that's incredibly powerful. So for a second film or book to be um, likable, you don't want to like um, stop at the final full stop of uh, your, your, your first book yeah. and move on. You want to like give, give the audience or the reader some sort of credit that they can use their imagination or their brain to then um, like, you know, imply what, infer what has happened next. Yeah. Like, you know, so like at the end of your um your book, um I don't have it in front of me, I should have it in front of me. Um, like, you know, like there's sort of an intimate moment, um and they're they're <laughs> I did I did take notes. So um, <laughs> um so you got Cinder and Angus like talking intimately. The yep. next scene need not finish uh, no, need not um the next book need not start at that exact moment. Um, it could just be like mid battle, like as in like Angus and Dom um, fighting off like this unknown force, but then having an easy win. Yeah, yeah. And then um, going back to Cinder or Cinder fighting them off, like you never know. Um, and like you, you just need to completely and utterly derail the um, the audience, whether they be reader or like you know a viewer, at the start of a sequel. I I, I think. Giving them the predictable is the most boring thing that you can do. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So so we're saying that what, what something that's going to make a a second chapter, a, sec, a second sorry, a second book or a second movie um, bad is just copying the first one, um, and or being predictable or just yeah, sort of. Just trying to go straight back into that that same world and yeah, uh, yeah. 
one of the things that I've always really liked. So, like, the worst thing you can do, um, in my mind at least, is introduce a new character, a new setting, and a new, um, like, you know, like moment in the same thing. So, let's say, like, with yours, all of a sudden there's a character named, um, uh, I'm just looking at it, so Grass. Um, <laughs> like Grass was standing in, on the hills of Sicily and um, uh, waiting for his arm to be cut off for his. Um, after the trials and tribulations or something like that, like completely throw it out, the throwing like the, the audience offside. But what you can do is put one of your characters, um, so it could be like Lavelle, for example, being punished by this higher power um, at the beginning and having your like arm cut off, like, you know, like, or, you know, like um, being put in shackles, being dragged before, like, you know, I, I can, I can, whatever, I can, whatever. But you know how, like in 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 your first book, how you have that sort of that that intro, like um the the man yep. of friend, um so something like that, but like in the current time, or yep. even like it could be um like a really bad dream that Cinder has, like almost like a premonition, yeah, um something like that. So you want something dramatic at the start, but something relatable to the world, because like if you look at this might seem like a bit of a jump here, but if you look at Home Alone 1 and 2, yeah, Home Alone 1 and 2 start relatively simil- uh, similar, but it's dramatic and they try and establish, um, like, you know, like a, a new world. So, like, in this one, you know, everything's going to be fine. We, You know, this time we're not going to forget Kevin. So, if, <laughs> so if, if you cut out your, like, prologue, um, and then if you uh, start at chapter one, it could be um, the boys surfing again um, or walking out to surf. And, um, but then something dramatic needs to happen at the start. Um, I don't know. I, do, I, yeah. I just you, you need to remind the audience that it's just one wor- world and that you're not. This contradicts what I said before, but... but <laughs> But, but that you're not just trying to, like, you know, like sort of send people off on a tangent. Like, yeah. you're, you're establishing um, a world, um, like, you know, like, continu- like continuity in terms of um, locations and character and whatnot. So they feel safe, but they feel engaged. So yeah. you, you engage them in any, sec- in, in any sequel. Like, Star Wars did it really well. Um, but then um, you have to put something dramatic in the opening sequence, in the opening um, um, section of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, um, yeah, you're thinking about, saying about Star Wars. Yeah, so where it starts off with those familiar characters, we go, oh, good, they're, they're still together, they're still friends, that sort of thing. But hang on, they're in and they're not too good spot here something something bad's happening to them and it's and it's in a you know it's a different world too yes it's still the same people but they're not you know they weren't at a sand planet they were in the middle of the snow and it's kind of a bit more interesting this is something different yeah Yeah, 100 percent. and i think you've actually done that i know that the listeners um won't have read the uh the transcript for the 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 sequel but i think you've done that reasonably well um But um, again, like um, start with something not brutal, but something engaging in terms of like you know like a um, 
it, like you either at a prologue about Lavelle um, being not brutalized, but by being reprimanded by this higher power that we would previously unaware of, or um, uh, Angus and Dom, like you know, like um, getting into a because if if you can form a rift between Angus and Dom, um, yeah. that that would be cool. Like yeah. that would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and um, like, so basically act two, which is your second book, which is every second film should start um, with something engaging, like a hook, something gratuitous because yeah. uh, like people, like when I finished your book, like, so when people finish your, your, your first book, you go, all right, well, what, what's next? What's next? Come on, come on, come on, come on. And you don't want to wait three chapters to uh, to jump into it. So a sequel is either shit, or it like like tells you like you know like that that, that you need to re-engage with the world of that story. Yeah. Um, but immediately. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to wait until you know the fourth chapter or the fourth scene or whatever to to, to actually see anyone you recognize from the first from the first one you know or something like that yeah you want yeah. to be back in their their world straight away um yeah so uh anything else you can think of that that shouldn't be in a sequel <laughs> uh look uh, you, you you never um get rid of um essential characters you never replace them especially within a film um but i honestly just think that like um there's always room for a um an introduction of new characters yeah so like as as long as you're a like i don't know like tactful about it like now is the time for you to think of um secondary characters like for example like um uh, they're probably like you know. Like the, the, there's always a secondary character who flirts with the uh, the female protagonist or with the male protagonist. Like you know that you need to have um, turmoil. Yes. Yep. So you need that. Um, you need to have um, a change in location. Otherwise, it just becomes you know they walk into the same diner as always, and it just gets boring. Yep. Um, in terms of things you shouldn't have. Um, Look, you either have a death early or a death late, but there needs to be a death. Okay. I just, as you guys talk about that, I just, I was thinking about what I think was the the worst sequel. Do you remember the, did you ever watch the Ewok movies? Did you ever watch those ones that were kind of like these spin off of the Star Wars ones with just the Ewoks in them? Do you know which one I'm talking about? I did, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so, yeah. so it was, I was watched half of it. Yeah, so, which I think was the first one. And then, battle for Endor and talking about you need to have a death in it I think the reason the reason why the second one was the worst sequel that I can think of was the whole first movie was about them going to try and rescue the parents of the two main characters two main characters were these kids yeah and all these people went on this huge big journey it was a whole movie to go rescue these the parents right yeah, and then yeah. the second movie, the first five minutes of the movie, the two parents get killed, and it's like, what? So you've just like the whole first movie was a waste of time. 
yeah, it's great. We just rescued him, and then we got him back to with all the Ewoks, and someone came and killed him. Yeah. So, so that was probably like the, the, <laughs> the worst sequel, I reckon. <laughs> I, I, I guess, um, like, you know, because we've touched on, a, like, a number of, like, good and um, bad uh, sequels and, and even, like, you know, trilogies. Yeah. So, like, with your book, because you're, you're like, you know, you're a published author, yeah. are you intending on having a third book? Yes. So it definitely was always a, a trilogy. Yeah. So what it comes down to is, and you've, you've got a bloody brilliant grasp on it, is all you need to do is keep people hooked, hooked in enough to, um, uh, to get into that third book and you need to subvert expectations. Like So um, the, the last book ended positively, so it'll yeah. start. So the second one will start positively and then it'll get bad, then it'll get good, then it, it will end horrifically. Yeah. And that that that's the way that um you know like Iron Man did it and Spider Man did it and um, Lord of the Rings did it like or or it ends with hope you know like there's some 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 sort of intense horrific grief yeah yeah and, and I've I've seen that in your writing that like you're capable of conveying those things so um yeah like I'm 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 honestly I'm on tenterhooks to see how it goes to be quite honest yeah good <laughs> good that's how we're supposed to leave you so that's good hmm. um so I guess that, that's sort of the the end of the questions um but what I what I'd like to do is give you a bit of an opportunity now to tell my listeners a bit about you and about little bigger productions and how they can get in contact with you or so do you want to give yourself a little bit of a, a, a elevator pitch about your company and where can people get in contact with you? Yeah, you're a good man. Um, I appreciate that. So, um, yeah, I'm a Ballarat filmmaker. I've, I've made some independent films. I'm actually making a, um, a hero film at the moment of which uh, Mr. Oates um, <laughs> finally hosting me. He's yes. playing the arch villain and um, we've actually got some funding recently. Um, so it's just Little Beggar, because my name is Beggs, littlebeggarproductions.com, and um, I make um, advertisements and, and whatnot, but I'm, I'm basically just a teacher who likes making films and talking about films. So if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can find me online, or I'm sure um, Otis will put a link in this um, podcast. But um, yeah, no, look, it's just a pleasure to be a part of the Ballarat Arts community, because... It's 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 bigger and more thriving than ever. Um, so um, yeah, it's just it's honestly just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to to helping you out with with your project. I'm 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 hanging out to get back into some acting and 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 be a villain. Sounds like great fun. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy you're helping me out with my projects and I'm helping you out with your projects. And um, I, yeah, I, like I said, it's a lot of fun that there is, there is that sort of Ballard arts community and people do seem to be willing to help and get involved. So that's great. I actually just rewrote your, um, your, uh, your entrance. So you're doing a superhero landing. Yes. Bulking yep. uh, around um, behind us, like uh, Darth Maul. And, okay. Nice. And, um, uh, shout out to Alex who's doing our um, concept artwork. She's she's drawing you up at the moment. So you're somewhere between 
Darth Maul and Voldemort. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's um, cool. yeah, and I'll 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 um be keeping people posted about how that's going to in the podcast. So yeah, if people are interested in that, I'll I'll let you know how things are progressing with that as well over the next few months as well. Awesome. Well, well, thanks for your time, Matt. It's been yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for your your assistance. And yeah, I've I've made some really good points there. And um, yeah, hopefully you you enjoy the the second book. No, I'm I'm enjoying it now, mate. Thank you for yeah. the transcript. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you again for listening. If you want to find out more about me or my books, please go to maxvictorbooks.com. And remember, that's Max with a double X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash maxvictor. And remember, that's M-A-X-X-V-I-C-T-O-R. See you next time. and Happy writing.